Welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most contraceptive-friendly city between Greeley and Castle Rock. <laughs> Cheers for that. Do you know how to use the term smother? Do you know how to put on a condom? And how well can you ride a bike while dressed for a slumber party? Hopefully we'll answer these questions on this week's episode. I'm Josh Johnson. In the studio at the Five Points Media Center with me today is co-host Ron Doyle and guests from Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, Mary Bogus and Monica McCafferty. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good Wonderful. morning, Josh. I do want to remind you all, and I know that I bring this up every time I host, that uh, street sweeping has started again. Amen. And I have to stay vigilant on that. I live in Capitol Hill and... I think I've paid like a thousand dollars in the last year. Oh, that's that. Mm-hmm. They were really threatening. They were posting things everywhere, like the neighborhood society for because it, it started on Monday, yep. where I usually Tuesday. park. Tuesday, Tuesday, correct, correct. And uh, and then it snowed. Yeah. So I don't think they did anything. No. I got up early and like moved my girlfriend's car for her because she parked poorly, <laughs> and nothing. The- <sighs> And they they go this whole guise of we're trying to protect you and we want to make sure you know we don't want you to get a ticket, but then they make the process so complicated. It's every third Tuesday <laughs> when it's sunny outside right. and <laughs> right. and there's a bluebird in right. the street and we That's, feel like it and we have funding right exactly <laughs> and it's not a furlough day right yeah. <laughs> the signs are like seventeen feet tall I, I, there's so much so much detail they are oh, they are pity you people who live downtown brutal. We're going to start off uh, with, with a topic that, um, well, it's a Westward cover. Uh, we all know uh, Gustavo Ariano, who's the Ask a Mexican guy. Yep. He has a new book out, and, if, and it's called, uh, what, Taco USA? How Mexican Food Conquered America. And so this cover story is basically how he, it's an apology almost, the entire story on how he left out Denver. And and a lot of that he says is because um, no one in the country takes Denver Mexican food seriously, and it's not perceived as having any sort of local uniqueness. But but he's wrong. He admits he's, that he's wrong. He says he's wrong. And yeah. s- and so like I spent most of my adult life here in in Denver, and I didn't know that it was unique. Yeah yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Well, see, okay, so apparently well, he, smothered is a local term. I see, and I don't see it. This this is one of the weird things about this. I I, comp- I love Gustavo, and we've we've been chatting back and forth with him on Twitter. We're trying to get him to come to Denver f- to for part of his book signing. We want to come him. We've offered. We're gonna throw a party for him, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make lengua tacos if he comes. I'm I'm dedicated to getting the guy here. But he he makes this claim that Denver. Uh, Mexican food is different, and the reason and what makes it different is that it's weird. Uh, right, you know, right, we have right, things right. like chilirianos that are wrapped in wontons, and and, we, and the Mexican hamburger, and the Mexican hamburger. But the truth is, I you know I grew up in New Mexico. I I grew up in Roswell, and no, I we had smothered burritos in Roswell. Uh, the term is not exclusive to Denver. Uh, 
It's just that he is from Southern California, so he has this Southern California focus where he thinks that is the standard and everything else is different. Right. Which is sort of irritating to me. It, yeah, it's and and it's yeah, it is irritating, I guess, because um, he calls it the most bizarre in the in the U.S. Our Mexican food, and but then he goes on to say that that the Mexican hamburger, which is definitely unique to Denver, I guess. That's it's def- it's pretty unique. It's spread, but it's unique. Yeah. Is the dish that best personifies the Mexican American experience? Yeah. I well. No, we've got to know. Monica's no. saying no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but then you also have the Mexican pizza, right? Um, that's not good uh, either. Yeah, Ni- yeah, well, Nick and Willie's. Have have you had their their Mexican? They have pizza? a green chili pizza. No, no, no. It's is. not a green chili. It's not a green chili pizza. It's a it's a pizza where uh, instead of uh, they have like refried beans and onions and peppers and all the jalapenos on it. Instead of using a yeah. tomato sauce, I'd have to say right, the, right. the taste right. factor. Mm-hmm. The taste factor is, I don't think, what's important here. I think it's the fusion factor. You know, we're bringing all all of these American things. Like the hamburger. Right. It's like assimilation in, in a plate. Right. You know? Poetic. I don't want to. I mean, I don't. It's. it's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I want him to come on a show, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if exactly. he just wrote a book about Mexican food in the U.S. and you're saying that he's off, I'm on saying his... I'm saying he's off more specifically because he's only been here like three times. He's only been to Denver three right. times, and only in the last five years. And he's only been to a handful of places. He's he's had a Santiago's burrito. Right. He's Chubby's. eaten at Chubby's. Yeah. He's eaten at La Noa Noa. Uh, he's only eaten at a, just a small tasting of what places exist here. Mm-hmm. And he's making judgments on all of Denver based on these little tiny Hasty places. Hasty generalization. Hasty generalizations. Yes. He does he does give proper credit to how Denver, although it is it was something that originated in San Francisco, how the the mission style burrito, the giant burrito as big as your ass, uh, that came from Denver and it spread to the rest of the world from Denver. The Qdoba and Chipotle are from here. Right, right. Uh, but I don't think the Mexican hamburger personifies Denver's Mexican food at all. No. For me, no, he's saying he doesn't say that. He says it personifies the Mexican American experience. He's taking it even broader. He's, he's like creating a metaphor of people. And right, people's yeah. experience. He's going there. He, yeah, he's going there. Right. I, I mean, for me, I grew up in a place where I, if I post a picture on Facebook of my Mexican dish here uh, that has black beans on the side and the, you know, the enchiladas have spinach in them, my friends back in New Mexico, my high school friends, just they, it breaks the internet. They freak out. They're like, "That's not an enchilada! What the hell is that? What are those bugs on your plate?" Blah 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 blah. They they bug out. They get so upset. And uh, so there's a very strict style there. And then I think in California, they, they have like that whole Baja style of cooking. Or it's like highfalutin Mexican food, which nobody in Mexico actually eats. Right. Uh, whereas Denver, I think, has found a nice balance. It's not pretentious. It doesn't go over the top. But it does. There, you can get authentic Mexican food here. And you can get really good Tex-Mex. Uh, I don't think the the Mexican hamburger is what Denver's all about at all. Sure. It's cool that it came from here. The hamburger was supposedly invented here too, but I, to I don't know. I want him to come back. I want to be able to take him to some of the places that I really like here in town, other than Santiago's, and see what he thinks. Then I, w- I want him to try some of the other Mexican food here. Yeah. Even, and, even the guys, taco trucks. Yeah, or the taco trucks. Are, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Good stuff. Do 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 any of you uh, have favorite Mexican food restaurants in town? I love Pinche. It's right up the street. Pinche Tacos. Yeah. Yeah, I love Pinche Tacos. We have great fried tacos, fried fish. Mm -hmm. I like, uh, there's one on 26th and Federal. I can't remember what it's called, but I also like Tacos Jalisco's. Tacos Jalisco's is really good. Where is that? Up on 38th. Mm. 38th and Tennyson? No. Where is it? Uh, it's on 38th. I don't, it's I it's along Tennyson. the way. Yeah. As you're coming from downtown en route to the Highlands, <laughs> you pass it. It's there. That's where it is. Exactly. It's near Gaetano's. Yeah. Well, all right. If you have an opinion about uh, the article or about what we're saying here, um, at Denver Diatribe, you can find us on Twitter there, or you can find us on Facebook. I didn't introduce at the top of the hour Julian Mondragon, the man behind the glass here. He's, he's our sound The engineer. Juju Dragon. That's me. That's right. Good morning, Juju. Um, Good morning, Tyrone. This week's episode is brought to you by Free Speech TV on television, the internet, and radio. Free Speech TV inspires viewers to become critically or civically probably critically as well, engage <laughs> <laughs> to build a more just, equitable, and sustainable society. For more information, visit freespeech.org. That's freespeech.org. Um, moving on to the uh, reason our, our guests are here, we have, um, like I said at the top of the hour, Mary Bogus and Monica uh, McCafferty from the Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains. I'm assuming most people know what Planned Parenthood is, I hope, but if not, would one of you just give us a brief overview? Yes. uh, Planned Parenthood in Colorado, we have 23 health centers all across the state. Our mission is to ensure that people have access to affordable health care, that they have information to make responsible, healthy decisions. We're an advocate. Uh, We advocate for policies that we see our common sense and are good for women and their families. And we also are an educator. So we advocate for and teach comprehensive or complete sex ed. And by that, we mean education that ensures youth and teens are getting all the information from abstinence to pregnancy and disease prevention. Sure. Excellent. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I guess the, my initial idea for having you guys on was was the uh the hearings that were going on and you know it's it seems like i don't know if i live in a bubble but and i'm sure i do actually but um (laughs) (laughs) access it's a nice bubble (laughs) access to contraception just seems like a given so i mean i i was kind of ignoring the whole thing like uh, that's not for me because i don't see any sort of controversy there so i'm not really interested but i mean what was it so um we're covering uh, birth control pills and the Obamacare okay, or whatever right. was um, forcing like nonprofits that didn't agree with contraception pay well, for actually, it. Is that it, what was going? It wasn't nonprofits. There, there's an, a religious exemption currently. So what um, President Obama, what what he came out with was a policy that would ensure churches and institutes that have a direct religious affiliation. They are exempt from this measure. We're talking about Catholic hospitals and university that employ a broad spectrum of the general public and people from different faiths who may happen to work um, at a Catholic hospital or go to a school like Georgetown and may not be of the Catholic faith. So we're talking about the broader public here. Right. So we're talking St. Joe's. St. Joseph's here in in Denver. And and what happened? (laughs) <laughs> like, Tell us. It seemed to go away. <laughs> Are the hearings over? 
the, the hearings are over, and so obviously the, the U.S. Catholic bishops really created a huge uproar, and the a lot of this really came to the public light when their the hearings were put in front of the public without any female representation. So you have people talking about birth control who are not really the people who are impacted or who really understand how it works and why it's important and why it's just not an issue of birth control but an issue of equality. Sure. Um, we know that if you're able to plan your pre pregnancies for when you're ready, you can complete education, you can pursue your professional goals and have that family when you're ready too. Um, so what happened with, with the hearings was really an opportunity that really put this issue at the national spotlight. Mm -hmm. How does it affect us locally? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. there's the obvious ways of, you know, if you go to St. Joe's, I guess, but. Well, the crazy thing out of all of this, which I don't think is really well known, is that 28 states, inclu including Colorado, already have state laws on the book that say birth control should be part of health insurance plans. Oh, wow. They should be part of coverage that already exists. So, um, I think that was an unknown fact that that really wasn't publicized, but Colorado, we do have that mandate on the books already. And it's even interesting that our own attorney general, John Southers, signed on to a letter that almost threatened to bring a lawsuit regarding this provision. We know that John Southers is part of the lawsuit that's challenging health care reform as a totality. Um, but Colorado already has this protection on the state books. So we shouldn't be worried. So it was being it's being posed as something that's up for debate, but here in Colorado in particular, it's already settled. It's already in the law. It, it is settled, and insurance companies recognize that there's cost savings for them to ensure that women who need birth control are on it. Um, as a state, Colorado has recognized that we can bring down um, the unplanned pregnancy number, and there are so many benefits to doing that. So I think you're right that so many people take this as a given. 99% of women who are sexually active, including 98% of Catholic women use birth control. So I think that this issue of, of um, debating about birth control has really woken a lot of women up. We are hearing people from people every single day that they're livid. Women are livid that this is so offensive, and we can't believe that the conversation has gone this far. Right. But isn't it, isn't it really just a small vocal few? I mean, aren't the, the majority of people have to be, like, I don't care what your religious views are. You're on birth control, right? It is a vocal few, but they're powerful, and they have really positioned this as religious liberty. Right, and that message is working really, really well. Right. You know, that's some people who would think, like, oh, yeah, it's birth control, no big deal. But when you frame it as, like, no, this is about your ability to practice your faith and have certain beliefs. Your, your ability changes. to make it into an immortal life in heaven. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. And, and what's important is we're talking about health care insurance. No one is forcing a woman to take birth control. No right. one is putting a pill down her, it's her just, mouth. It's granting access. It's granting right. access. And that individual, whoever it is, has that moral capacity as an individual to say, yes, I want to take this provision that I'm allowed that says if I go to get a prescription for birth control, I can do so without an expensive copay. Sure. So you still have that moral agency that is working here. Um, and for the U.S. Catholic bishops to bring this issue to the degree it has gone to, again, that's against religious liberty, one could argue, because you're putting one 
viewpoint, the Catholic viewpoint into policy. Right. So we're not we're not even respecting those from different faiths. Um, and we know people from different faiths attend Catholic universities or work for our hospitals, especially in rural communities where you may have one huge Catholic employer and there may not be so many options for employment. Right, right. And and then I guess this this with Rush Limbaugh being at the helm of it has moved into what we call the uh, war on women. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you ladies feel like you're under attack? Yeah. I, I mean, you specifically, sure, because you, you work for Planned Parenthood. You're, you're sort of in an organization that, at, in the public mm-hmm. face, it seems like it's always being attacked one way or another. But specifically, mm-hmm. just as, as, as women, do you, do you feel like you're under attack, that the country's after you? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to honestly say that, yes, this is something that's been in the news. And I think, yes, for us that work at Planned Parenthood, it's it's even more relevant. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like it's always been a war on women, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, okay. this is a discussion that we've been having. I mean, I'm, I'm only 26 years old, but I can't really ever think of a time where someone wasn't trying to tell me what I can and can't do with my body. I mean, from, yeah. from the day that that I was born, I mean, you come with sort of a certain set of expectations. And, and that hasn't changed. I mean, not at least in my lifetime, so. Has it escalated? I mean, it's, it's, it seems like, well, it, I was, all right, so I'm looking at the AC, ACLU's page for reproductive freedom. Mm-hmm. And they said that 2011 mm-hmm. was a horrible, horrible yeah. year, like the worst mm-hmm. year in, in a mm-hmm. dozen yeah. years mm-hmm. for, for limiting mm-hmm. uh, reproductive freedoms. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, and it's a lot of it is on a state level, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. how does Colorado mm-hmm. fall into mm-hmm. that in, in terms of mm-hmm. 2011 mm-hmm. being horrible? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and you know we we saw a lot of those restrictions in in 2011 because leading up to that we had the 2010 elections where it really was a watershed of. Um, very conservative and Tea Party people being elected to office, and so we, we've seen so much policy enacted. And we also know that when there's a Democrat in the in the, the White House, that uh, people who oppose Planned Parenthood, for example, they really get ramped up. They, you know, they that really energizes them. They don't feel as as safe and and so forth. So, you know, what we what the restrictions that we what we have seen really aren't unexpected, but they're alarming. And in Colorado, we have um, an anti-choice majority in the House. Um, so we are seeing pieces that, or pieces of legislation that are that happen first at the federal level really trickle down to the state level. Um, we are soon going to see in the state legislature a resolution called Senate Memorial 003, which essentially says that any employer can deny their employee coverage if they morally or religiously object to something. And that, that, I mean, that even goes broader than reproductive health. It could pertain to HIV, AIDS treatment, vaccinations. Um, people don't want their bosses cherry-picking what can and cannot be covered in their health insurance plan. So um, these attempts are going much further than they have before, and we know that nationally there's this thing called personhood. I don't know if you guys right. are yeah, familiar right. with that. Heard, yes. heard of it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of a new, new thing. Um, new deal. But again, really just um, taking away a woman's autonomy and completely disrespecting her ability to make decisions for herself about her own body um, in any medical decision. Right. I'm fighting for spermhood. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I've killed so many spermhoods. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not really fighting for spermhood. It's just amusing to me. Weekly, it's like Vietnam. <laughs> 
the genocide on sperm must stop, people. <laughs> um, Vanessa Martinez, our co-host, isn't here, but she sent me an interesting article earlier this week that, uh, and it seems like a coincidence right now, but who knows? I mean, I, there must be some sort of thought um, behind it. That 2011 was off, awful for reproductive freedoms, but it was also mm -hmm. awful for immigration rights. Mm -hmm. So it was like 2011. And, and then when you do a map, it's like the top five worst states that, that passed the worst laws for reproductive rights also passed, like Arizona, right. Alabama, right. also mm -hmm. passed terrible mm -hmm. legislation about um, immigration rights. So, I mean, it might be a coincidence, but it sh certainly shows some sort of similar-mindedness <laughs> or something that... Is it just that? Uh, is it just that some folks have a terrible fear of? Uh, I don't. I, well, I, I don't know. I, it's so bizarre to me because it's not. It, it's obviously not all religious based. It's definitely based on these sort of perceptions mm -hmm. that people think this is what is right and this is what is wrong, and it just. But then the things that they try and put together don't make any sense. Like in one sense, you're trying to do something that won't control the population. And then in another <laughs> sense, you're trying to do something that will control the population. Right, right, right. And so I, I'm so confused about why those things would happen. Uh, and yeah, is there, I mean, is there a correlation between anti-immigration law and uh, anti-choice law? There appears to be, is what I'm yeah. saying. But it's whether it's a coincidence or not. I mean, obviously no coincidence, but, but you know, it's kind of. Why do the two go together so well? I don't know, because it's, I mean, it doesn't, they don't seem to dovetail, do they? Do well, again, I mean, we, in, with the last election, you did see a shift of, you know, conservative governors being elected, um, federal politicians and so forth. So that may be one trending issue. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 2011 was awful, and we, mm -hmm. we can all agree with that. Mm -hmm. It was it was lousy for many uh, reasons. For many reasons, uh, let, what what can we do to to change it? Uh, I mean, what if someone wanted to get involved in this issue here, particular in Colorado? What would they want to do? Um, where could they go to be active, to to pick up their sword and shield, uh, to fight on the side of women? Where where would they go? Right. Um, I mean, I think that's a one thing that we want to make sure we talk about is that there is a silver lining to all of this. Yeah. You know, it's as much as, you know, we would rather put our resources and time and blood, sweat and tears into talking about our services and talking about our really amazing education programs. There's a good chance that we're going to be fighting another personhood initiative this okay. year. Um, but what we see from, from that and really this, you know, discussion that's happening, happening nationally is people are coming out of the woodwork. You know, people who maybe a year ago when they were, you know, about to shut the federal government down because they wanted to defund Planned Parenthood, you know, maybe they <laughs> weren't right. ready yet. They weren't ready to stand with Planned Parenthood. But, you know, I think that's the important thing is you really have to meet people where they're at. And all of a sudden you start talking about birth control, which, you know, like Monica said, I mean, 99% of women have used birth control at some point in their life. That's a lot of us. You know, uh -huh. it's like when you start talking about something that actually personally affects them, people get angry, people get upset. And so those people, I mean, even just here locally, um, so I do a lot of our, our outreach and our advocacy work. And mm -hmm. we've had a lot of people come to us as allies that, you know, a year ago we would never have thought. You know, we've got like, you know, conservative women in Colorado Springs who want to come to our phone banks that we have every month you know, who want to come to the rallies that we throw. And 
And I think that's really amazing. I think it shows that, you know, birth control really, it shouldn't be a political issue. This is a health issue. Mm -hmm. And this is something that affects not only women, but also men. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. absolutely. I I would, you know, think Mm -hmm. that you both would agree. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Without a doubt. Yes, agreed. And and so I think that's that's the, the amazing thing that we've seen. I mean, in 2010, just from the work that Planned Parenthood did around uh, Amendment 62, I mean, we we had over 500,000 contacts with Colorado citizens. That's mm-hmm. you know that's roughly 10% of the population um, and 20% of voters. Is that for services? No, for just contacting them about about personhood and about oh, okay. yeah, yeah, doing right. voter contact. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was door to door canvassing, that was mailers, that was emails, whatever. Um, and that's pretty powerful. I mean, that's that's a group of people that we can call upon when, you know, they're trying to take our birth control away. Right. Um, but as far as, I mean, stuff that you can do, we have a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, we do monthly phone banks where we're calling uh, we're calling into different uh, parts of the, the state and letting people, it's a legislative accountability phone bank. So we're calling and letting people know, hey, this is how your legislator voted. You know, we're it's it's for the the nonprofit, so we're not telling people how to vote. Right. We're just giving them information. We're educating mm-hmm. these people so that they can make those decisions. Um, we also do. I mean, we have campus we have campus groups on uh, Colorado State University's campus, Colorado College, um, University of Boulder, or Colorado University at Boulder. That's really confusing for me, by the way. CU, UC. UC, the one that's in Boulder, the big one that's in Boulder. Um, And we're also starting to do some work here in Denver at Auraria and the DU campus. And our college groups do really fun stuff. Tonight, our CSU group is going to welcome Foster Freeze, who we all know left Andrea Mitchell a little speechless on MSNBC Mm -hmm. by making an offensive remark about bare aspirin and how gals in his days used to use it. As birth old gals. Yeah, old gals. Um, so they're going to be uh, <laughs> lining the entrance of uh, a dinner there with some fun signs that are respectful, but getting the point across that your language is offensive and we're going to call you out on it. Women are watching and um, we're, we're not sitting by quietly. Right. And we vote. And yes, we do vote. And we're yep. powerful voting black. Uh, I, I have one more question. Okay. What? Okay, so we live. I, I have I have very religious. My my parents were very religious. My in laws are Catholic. Mm-hmm. I I completely respect their their views. Mm-hmm. We live in a very mm-hmm. purple state. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we discuss this mm-hmm. stuff without it turning into a war? I mean, I'm a I, yeah, right. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be a peacemaker <laughs> here, and uh, yeah, I want to be yeah. able to discuss this stuff yeah. in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't turn into mm-hmm. an argument. Uh, so what? How do you? Mm-hmm. How do you bridge the conversation in a way that's respectful mm-hmm. to other people's views uh, while still being able to talk mm-hmm. about the issue yeah. at large? I mean, yeah. do you have any recommendations yeah. for folks who are in that sort of situation? Well, Planned Parenthood truly believes that a woman should be making decisions about her body for mm-hmm. herself. And uh, we do understand that the, the issues that are very polarizing about Planned Parenthood and what we do, they do drive a lot of emotion. Um, and at the end of the day, we, we understand that people have different viewpoints um, and we, we respect that. And but we want people to say, you know, even if that's a decision you couldn't make for yourself, 
respect someone else's ability to make the best decision for themselves. Um, and at the end of the day, we feel that a woman should be making those very private decisions about her body mm -hmm. um, and doing so with her family, with her doctor, with her faith, with her God, whoever she needs to make those decisions with. But you're right, it, it can be a very polarizing topic. Mm -hmm. um, we wish there was more respectful discourse on this issue. Yeah, I, I think mm -hmm. the toughest part mm -hmm. is that the folks that are most capable mm -hmm. of executing change mm -hmm. or the folks mm -hmm. that need to talk about this mm -hmm. don't talk about it because mm -hmm. it's so polarizing and it gets mm -hmm. people riled up. You can't. It's hard to talk about it at the dinner table. It, it is hard to talk about it, and with with the birth control thing, it's house. hard to talk yeah. about yeah. flavor condoms at the dinner table with your mother. And <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and for those of us who do so, so support birth control, it's frustrating too because we've seen this issue really ignited by people who oppose birth control and they also oppose abortion. And so, if you take birth control away, how are you supporting women to to plan their families mm -hmm. and to pre prevent? An unplanned pregnancy, so it's tough. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks. That's good. Let me know how it goes. Uh, oh no, <laughs> it's fine. No, my mother-in-law is awesome. She's my and my dad doesn't care anymore. He's he's off on his own little planet of retirement. So I'm good. I just want yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'm trying. This is for the listeners, folks. It's not for me. We'll talk later. I have a I have a very broad, open-ended question. And and Ron, you mentioned this earlier. It seems like Planned Parenthood is always under attack. And and Mary talked about the silver lining of how it invigorates your your supporters. But you must have to have thick skin, especially if you're out there doing outreach. I mean, what's it generally? What's it like working for Planned Parenthood? And being ironically, you have a lot in common with the door-to-door -door Mormons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, probably kind of like, get just as much. You're kind of like this bridge yeah. between mm -hmm. uh, two very mm -hmm. opposing, mm -hmm. very passionate mm -hmm. forces. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, the office that Mary and I go to every single day, there are protesters. Right, there are people out there, and uh, I think for many of us, the passion that we have for what we do is so great that that almost reinvigorates us. Sure, because we see that. Our work is needed, and um, obviously we thought the issue of birth control was over, and, and it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I do, I'm out in the, the, the field, we call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the little, weeds. little jargon here. It really is a war in women. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the trenches. Um, you know, and so mm -hmm. you'll get, like, if I'm out, you know, maybe mm -hmm. we'll be, have a table at some event. Yeah. Um, you know, we do a lot of outreach during the summer. I'm on campuses all the time. And, you know, without fail, you will have somebody who disagrees with you. Sure. And, and honestly, I mean, you, I think the most important thing that I have to remind myself and smile. my activists, yes, always smile. Um, you know, make them feel uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, you can't take it personally. Right. You know, this really, it, it really has, what they're saying has nothing to do with you. Right. You know, it has everything to do with, you know, their beliefs and, and what they think is moral. You know, it has nothing to do with you as an individual. Um, you know, and, and you sometimes, I mean, honestly, you have to laugh at it. Like, some of the stuff that they say is is pretty out there. Your I mean, office jokes must be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Know. From a PR standpoint, you don't want to share. Right. Them. Yeah, those those are for behind closed yeah. doors. Um, you know, but you do. I mean, you you can't. It's it's sort of a balance. Like you have to take it serious. Like yes, it is a threat and. This rhetoric is obviously very powerful, and it yeah. works for a lot of people. And freedom of speech is a great thing, right? It's part of our society. You know, so we respect that. We respect it. So, mm -hmm. 
you know, if, if they get to say all of those kinds of things, then we also get to talk about, you know, what we do and, and do it in a really open way. So, All right. Where can people find more information? What's your website, I guess? www.pprm.org. Perfect. There's absolutely no way to transition. There, no, no, there is. I spent, <laughs> there is. I spent, let's talk about the event segue. that means. No, I yeah. have a segue. It's you do? good. Okay, yes, do it. This, what we're about to talk about now is an event that needs birth control in a bad way. If you, <laughs> you have no idea. Let's, let's, let's get right to it because that's what the cruiser ride is all about. That's right. So last week, um, the Denver cruiser ride, which uh, they announced their, their uh, lineup. For the summer, okay. I've never done this. You've I'm never done it. I'm, I'm oh, definitely gonna do no. it. I sometimes the circle of death. I sometimes oh. feel like I'm too old to dress up and ride no, a bike around. No, you don't have to dress up. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah, have to. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I've been doing this for a long time. I started. I started going on the Boulder Cruiser ride, mm -hmm. the Thursday night Boulder Cruiser ride, right. years mm -hmm. ago, 2003, 2004, something like that. And uh, and then when I moved to Denver, is right when the Denver Cruiser ride started. It used to be there were like seven of us hanging out in front of the Paris on the Platte, uh -huh. and then we'd just go ride our bikes. And it's now grown up into this thing that's like three, 4,000 people a night. They go more. in front I, of my I, house. It might even be yeah. bigger than that. And, yeah, God, you got to we're, – we're doing it. Got to do. Got to do it. It's, it's got to be done. one of those bucket list things. It does. Well, I've done Critical Mass a bunch. It's not the same. But that's angry. Not the same. You're like critical mass. Critical, critical <laughs> yeah, there's no booze. <laughs> there's cops. The but the cops aren't very friendly. No. Was it lots of black. No, no you don't of, have to tell anybody, but it's like it's like an episode. It's this like an episode like of Portlandia. <laughs> is basically what you're trying yeah, to say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This, this is a this is an impromptu parade on bicycles. I had not realized this. So the first one, May 16th, I just made the wearing all black joke. Is back in black. Ah! Is the is the theme. All right. Perfect. Some of the uh, the, the the funnier ones, uh, slumber party. Yes. Ooh. Then there's the one that they do every year, bubble wrap, duct tape, and cardboard. That's, that was my favorite one last year. I was had, it really? I had a duct tape mustache and a, and a little flavor saver. <laughs> that, was, that was my entire costume, two pieces of duct tape. I think I'm definitely going to do the 4th of July America Fuck Yeah. America Absolutely. Fuck Yeah is all, almost always very fun. You is have it? People like shooting fireworks out of the back, back of their bikes and things. Has, yeah. have, have you guys had a chance to look this over? Have no. Not the I'm, wondering, I'm wondering, have you, Ron? I ha no, I haven't. No. I, I, it's in my. Well, blood. all right. Even though you haven't seen, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. If you could pick your own theme, what would it be? And I'll tell you if it's on here or not. Whoa, a tough question. Mm. I haven't had my coffee yet. I mean, I. So I am a big fan of my own birthday as well as other people's oh, birthday. Yeah. Um, I noticed that on Facebook, Mary. Yeah, yeah. You weren't I very humble I, about it. No, no. You know, it's 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 my month. What can I say? Um, I also yes. owe my friends a lot of time and love for their birthdays. Um, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of themes and costumes, and I've always wanted to do a like '70s glam roller skating oh, party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if we could work that, I mean, I'm thinking like like David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, like just like. Glitter vomit everywhere. Right. Mm. But on a bike. You know what they call glitter? The herpes of the craft world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you, you never get rid of that. Do you ever. guys do glitter screenings? <laughs> no. He went there. We could, you know. you went yeah. there. Nice job. I want to see, you know what my guess, my, my idea would be? I want to do um, Disney princes and princesses, but drag. 
Uh, Disney drag princess. Yes. So guys is as Disney princesses and girls is Disney princes. I love it. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's pro- it, yeah. All right. We'll sign it up. We, we, we'll talk that one's Brad. not on there? No. 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 no it's not on I don't know what I would pick. That's hard. I mean, I've done so many of these things. I have, like, standard costumes that I wear. I don't, I don't really follow the whatever the trend is for the night. Right. I would... Always the Star Wars nights are some of my favorites because I'm a dork. Do you have a costume that fits into July 25th's rainbows, fairies, and unicorns? <laughs> yes, I have. I have rainbow suspenders that I wear specific, like the Mark and the Mindy Mark rainbow Mindy suspenders. Ones? And then I and my daughters have all sorts of princess stuff that I can wear. So that's yeah. great. Well, it's time for our final segment, Love and Hate, where we share rants, big and small, on all that is awesome and awful about life in the Mile High City. Ron, what's your love or hate this week? Um. I'm gonna hate. Uh, this is this is a preemptive hate. On uh, I'm I'm not even I'm not gonna say the name yet because I need to get a second opinion. I have a dentist out in Aurora uh, that I go to, and the last I the last uh, two teeth cleanings I've been to, they've told me that I had a cavity in the bottom right corner, in the bottom right jaw, and they're like, yeah, it's a little one. You just need to get it filled. No big deal. Yeah, no problem. And then I came back and they said it again. Uh, I went to get my teeth cleaned on Wednesday, and the cavity has magically moved <gasps> to a different tooth. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so this is a preemptive hate on them. I'm going to go to another dentist and find out what, what's the real deal here. Wow, maybe you have two cavities. That's my guess. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's probably it. No, I, I really think dentists are like auto mechanics, and they can't be trusted. They yeah. want to drill when they don't need to. Mm-hmm. So I always have the problem where I know I have a cavity, and then they tell me I don't. I'm like, you're, <laughs> you're full of shit. You're just lazy. <laughs> like, you're lazy, and you're making too much money. I, I tell them I want to And my see breath it. stinks. <laughs> I and tell you want to get out of my mouth now. I tell them I want to see it on an x-ray before I'll... You're not drilling until I see it. Show yeah. it, show it to But then me. they charge you 80 bucks for the x-ray. Yes, they do. I know. Yeah. M- so Mary- anyway, preemptive hate there. Mary, do you have a love or hate? Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call this one a love just to, you know, make it positive. Um, but love, like we, we mentioned. <laughs> Backhanded love. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of a, an underhanded love. Um, you know, like Monica mentioned, Foster Freese is going to be in Colorado today. He's going to be in Fort Collins. And, uh, you know, some myself and some students from our campus group at CSU are going to give him a, a warm and loving Colorado welcome uh, to make sure that he knows how we feel um, about some of the things that he said recently. So I'm going right. to call that a love. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That's positive spin. Yeah. Monica? That's a great love. In the spirit of sweet, su- sweet street sweeping, I'm going to go with a hate mm. of the other place i get tickets and that's the hidden speed vans oh yeah 17 sign but the blue sign's always behind like a bush yes. right. or in front of a big van and you can't right. see it yeah and we then, talked about this you don't have to like, pay those tickets yeah, and then no. you get the flashes <laughs> and you just realize oh i just got a ticket yeah and you just hope that someone else was driving your car and it wasn't you that's why <laughs> i drive that's, that's why say. i drive in a santa costume <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's clearly Santa. <laughs> that was not me. That wasn't me. Come on. Julian. I have a love to the uh, Bovine Theater. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That place is fun. I just went there, la- uh, there last weekend and had a lot of fun. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. What did you, you see there? Cows? Like, what? Yeah, what's it? Bovine? Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was going on, Julian? The Bovine Theater is the improv theater. Yeah. Oh, right, the, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. It's on a... Uh, 16 and 
Curtis? I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, go check it out. Bovine Theater. Cool place. Okay. Um, I have a love this week. It's the uh, Museum of uh, Contemporary Arts exhibit, Thinking About Flying. Oh, yes. Yes. It's ama- it, I so haven't done it yet, this. but I'm going to do it. You can go down there and – have you heard of this? You can go down wow. and they, they will loan you a pigeon. <gasps> They send you home with a pigeon. Uh-oh. That's not sanitary. <laughs> no. They're, they're homing I pigeons. I mean, are they street pigeons? Like the no. One? No, no, no. Okay. These are, these are they're, passenger pigeons. They're, they're, they're homing pigeons. Oh. So okay. you can oh. take it home and then you release it. <gasps> you help and them with fli- their training. And it flies home. They're training them. They're starting out with a few blocks. And by the end, which I think it ends uh, April 20th because it's been going on for a while, they're going to be able to, to return from 400 miles away. So you're helping train them. So I'm going to go down. It's You can pick them up uh, Friday through Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. is when you can go down and pick up your pigeon, and they give you a carrying case. Okay. And, and you take the pigeon home and release it. Wow. Yeah. All about it. Can you, can you so attach a note with it? Yes. I don't know. I think, I don't, I think they should. I think you it's should. an art project. I think you should. Right. You should. Yeah. You'll find but then you have to touch way. the right. pigeon. Yeah. And some people don't well, like yeah, touching I mean, you're gonna have to. T- oh, I think you're going to have to touch the pigeon anyway. No, it, really? You think so? I thought I figured it was like a little carrying case where you could sort of open, open the it up door and, and be like, "Come on, pigeon! Come on, pigeon!" And then they leave. Yeah. Well, that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you have something to say about today's topics or would like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a brief message at seven two zero two eight two Y E L L. Yell. That's seven two zero two eight two nine three five five. Each week, we'll pick our favorite messages and play them on the show. That that has not happened yet. Or it's happened. <laughs> no, it's, it's happened a couple times, but nobody's been Lies. calling lately. <laughs> Call Lies. us. Call us. We'd like to thank our guests, uh, Monica and Mary from Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, as well as my co-host, Ron and Julian. Of course, our theme music is by the band Houses of their summer EP. You can subscribe to the Denver Diatribe podcast on iTunes and Google Listen and say hello to us on Facebook or Twitter at Denver Diatribe for more information. Check out our website, denverdiatribe.com. My name is Josh. Thanks for listening. Hey.